The views expressed on this program are solely those of the speaker and do not reflect the views and opinions of Centennial Securities. Be reminded that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Happy Friday! Welcome to the Weekly Investment Podcast, where we discuss the week's must-know investment news and how it affects your money. I am your host, Walter. This week, we discuss retirement savings, half-time in the market, and utilities. It's been another exciting week in the investment world, so let's crack right into the news. Every year, Americans of different ages are surveyed regarding their retirement savings. One such survey conducted recently polled 1,000 working Americans and showed what they have saved for retirement. Before I go on, let me first say that if you are listening to this podcast, then you are probably better prepared for retirement than the average investor. So what exactly did the survey reveal? Less than half of respondents have saved $100,000 or more. One in six said they have saved nothing. And a third are currently making no contributions toward retirement. 25% of those surveyed and 30% of millennials said that they were planning to rely on, quote, cryptocurrencies, end quote, to finance some of their retirement years. I am reminded of the saying that hope is not a strategy. What do retirement savings by age tell us? According to a survey by the Trans-America Center for Retirement Studies, Americans in their 20s have saved on average $16,000 towards retirement. Americans in their 30s, about 45,000. Americans in their 40s, about 63,000. Americans in their 50s, 117,000. And Americans in their 60s, on average, have saved $172,000 for retirement. How do you compare to those numbers? And maybe a better question is, how much money will you need to retire. Some experts cite the 80% rule of retirement planning, which states that you should plan to live on 80% of your pre-retirement income. Your personal goals, such as retiring early, owning a second home, leaving a nest egg for your heirs, these will dictate your investment strategy economic conditions, medical costs, and your longevity will also affect your expenses in retirement. With all of these different moving parts, not to mention the busyness of everyday life, where do you begin to plan for retirement? Now is a good time to mention that I work with an industry-leading financial planning software that helps take the guesswork out of retirement. Taking into account 
your specific goals and testing your strategy under many different market conditions, you can rest assured that despite economic uncertainty, you have a plan to retire in the way that you would like to. Interested? Message me at investwithwalter.com to get started planning. With the end of June upon us, we are almost at halftime in 2022. Needless to say, the market has had a pretty bumpy first half of the year. With six months left to go, what can we expect from investments? Believe it or not, this is not the first time that markets have started off volatile. In fact, there are many instances where the market has had a rough first six months only to rally mid-year and achieve a strong finish. This happened back in 1970, where a 21% loss by the end of June turned into a slight gain by that year's end. It is worth looking beyond inter-year lows to longer periods of underperformance by the market. Even in the worst period for the market historically, the depression years of 1929, 30, 31, and 32 were followed by a string of big positive annual returns in the immediate years that followed. What do inter-year lows or even a couple of years of bear market returns have in common? With the benefit of hindsight, they were amazing long-term buying opportunities. For those interested, Macrotrends.net details an annual history of the S&P and Dow Jones Industrial Average's performance going back 90 or 100 years, depending on the index you want to view. I encourage you to take a look and see for yourself. What do companies that provide water, sanitation and sewage services, electricity, dams, and natural gas all have in common? They are utilities, a large sector for investment and an important part of the U.S. economy. Although utilities are private, for-profit companies, they are part of the public service landscape and because of that, are heavily regulated. Traditionally, investors consider utilities as long-term holdings and have used them to generate income from their portfolios. The utility sector tends to do well as a defensive play against economic downturns. As my grandfather used to say, everyone needs lights on in their house. However, the movement towards sustainable energy and investments in renewable energy resources has some analysts forecasting strong growth for the utility industry. Because utility stocks tend to pay reliable dividends, investors often favor their income potential. After the financial crisis of 2008, the Federal Reserve cut interest rates to stimulate the economy. As a result, Investors moved to utilities as an alternative to lower-yielding bonds. However, as interest rates rise, like we are seeing now, 
investors can find higher yielding alternatives than utilities. For example, as the rates increase, so do the yields of U.S. Treasury bills. If a utility pays a dividend of, let's say, 3%, but increases in interest rates cause bond yields to spike to 4%, the utility company would have to increase its dividend in order to match the higher yield now offered by a U.S. Treasury. So utilities have tended to do well when interest rates are decreasing and have tended to underperform when interest rates are increasing. Utilities are considered a somewhat stable investment when compared to other areas of the stock market and when coupled with the dividends paid to shareholders are, again, a popular long-term buy and hold option. Dividend yields paid by utilities are usually higher than those paid by other stocks. And during times of economic downturns, with low interest rates, utility stocks tend to be more attractive. Shares in utilities can be bought in an individual company. You could also buy a utility sector exchange traded fund or ETF. Utility companies also issue bonds or other debt securities like preferred stocks. Last week, I was asked, what is a public utility? Good question. A public utility is a company or business that supplies an everyday necessity. The word public refers to the fact that the company services the public and does not reflect its corporate status. Most public utilities are in fact privately owned, for-profit businesses, and not nonprofits. Thank you for your question, Deb. Fun fact, what is the largest utility company? I'll give you a second. The largest energy provider in the world by market capitalization is NextEra Energy, which is headquartered in Juneau Beach, Florida, and has a market cap of $145 billion. NextEra is a diversified utility, which generates electricity through wind, solar, nuclear, coal, and natural gas facilities, and then sells electric power all over North America. Join us next week when we preview the next Fed meeting scheduled for July. Tune in next Friday for that and much, much more. Thank you for listening. And please have a nice weekend when you get there. Talk to you next week.